0: Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio and on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station for the Inner Life at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app.
1: It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, If you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio.
0: Hi again, everyone. I'm Chuck Knaff. Thank you for joining us on The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction, coming to you every weekday to give you a little bit of hope, a little bit of help on your journey of faith. Great to have all of you with us today. And today, Mardi Gras, which is French for Fat Tuesday. Our church uh, calendar calls today Shrove Tuesday. Whatever we call it, uh, this Tuesday marks the day before Ash Wednesday and the beginning of our journey into and through Lent. So this is the the last day of eating all those rich and fattening foods we probably plan to give up tomorrow, the day before we begin the season of prayer and fasting and almsgiving that we call Lent. We're going to talk about all of that today here to help us on the journey. Our spiritual director back with us once again, Father Nathan Reesman. Father Nathan is a priest in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, pastor of two parishes, uh, both in West Bend, Wisconsin, St. Francis Cabrini, and Immaculate Conception. Father Nathan Reesman, a pleasure to have you back. Back on the program. Thanks for joining us today.
2: Thank you, Chuck. It's great as always to be with you and the whole listening audience. Happy Shrove Tuesday.
0: Shrove Tuesday, and uh, we to going to get into that, and um, as we do every day, we'll open up our phone lines inviting you in our listening audience to join us. We hope uh, some of you will accept our invitation and be part of the program today. But, Father Nathan, get us started. Uh, Mardi Gras, Fat Tuesday, Shrove Tuesday, whatever we're going to, to uh, call today, whatever we want to do with that uh, term. Give us an overview. What's the meaning of today?
2: Yeah, that's a great question, so it takes on different contexts depending upon maybe who's using the terminology these days. Uh, but one thing we can say for sure at the outset is that, um, the fact that we have such an enshrined tradition behind the day before Lent tells us that for a long time, Lent was taken very, very seriously in the whole Western world. Um, if we hadn't, we wouldn't be bothered with, with a day of preparation, which is what today actually is. So, um, So Lent starts tomorrow, obviously, and in the church's long tradition, we enter that with the receiving of ashes, the promises to be penitent, to make sacrifices, and for many centuries, until quite recently, there were very, very strict abstinence regulations throughout the entire season, so that we would take food in a very temperate and sacrificial manner, the prescriptions for added prayers, um, the calling to mind of our sins so they could be forgiven. So it was it was a serious deal for a long, long time. And it still is, of course, for us Catholics to take it seriously. But when the whole culture was Christian, everyone just knew that on Wednesday, everything just took a different path for many, many weeks until the great Easter celebrations. So what did you do? on Tuesday, today, you would go, you would be in the Anglo-Saxon term, shriven, as an absolve of sins and confessions. So shriving is an old term for getting absolved in the confessional. So you go to confession today to start the season off with a clean slate or to kind of get you more prepared for it, let's say. Or maybe you knew the day as Carnivale or Farewell to Meat, as in meat's going to be done after today. Or maybe you knew it as Mardi Gras, uh, Fat Tuesday. All that um, calling into mind, the idea that a dietary change was upon us. Uh, so in the freezer had to go all the meat, all the cheese all the dairy products, because you couldn't eat dairy in certain uh, eras and time periods as well. And in fact, in the Eastern Orthodox tradition, when they get into Lent, which is a built different than our structure, but the concept is the same, they're much more strict in their fasting rules like we kind of used to be. So everybody ate all of those things up, and they went to confession, and they kind of said, okay, you know, one last drink today, or one last this or that, and then into the season tomorrow we went. So, of course, uh, like anything in human nature, we can take those things too far. And what developed in good Catholic fashion was a day of partying. Why not, right? So that's what Catholics do very well. We kind of make festivals and feasts out of days that aren't even actually feast days, but that's okay. So things like Mardi Gras New Orleans and all the other customs of today, I'll have to come, come back to this idea that, you know, this is a Catholic thing to do. And sometimes, unfortunately, what happens now in the secular world is that all of the celebrating has remained without anybody remembering the real reason we did in the first place, which was to get ready for tomorrow, which was a day of real embarking upon, as um, tomorrow's opening prayer would say, the, the campaign of Christian service. We're going to really dig in tomorrow and do our thing. So what's a Catholic to do in the face of all this? You know, for one, I, I do think a Catholic should eat up the meat and whatnot, because <laughs> that, that part still stands. Tomorrow we're going to take seriously— you know, we can give things up. Um, But today, no matter how you want to look at the whole picture, there's certainly a role for some, you know, feasting and a little partying and gathering, and we're good at being festive as Catholics. But today is just the day that we, I think, as observant Catholics, will say, okay, um, if I haven't figured out my season, what am I going to do here? Am I going to do some planning about my extra prayers? Am I going to think about some extra devotions? Am I going to you know, if I'm going to go and start praying in the Mercy Chapel each day, am I going to go and print out the prayers? If I'm going to give up um, something for Lent, am I going to get something ready for that? Am I going to make plans to do some extra scripture reading? So long story short, no matter how you want to look at the day-to-day, it is important for us to spend some time, take a little pause, and plan Lent. You know, I mean, we have to take it seriously, and so that takes a bit of Foresight and some insight and some thought, and uh, so one doesn't just sort of land into it, okay? So that would be, I, I think, different ways to view today. Um, they're all okay in the different ways, because then they all show in their different facets that we all take tomorrow seriously, hmm. and all the days that follow seriously, which is a really good thing to do.
0: Yeah. Father Nathan Reisman is our spiritual director on the inner life today, talking about Mardi Gras, Fat Tuesday, Shrove Tuesday, uh, this day before uh, Ash Wednesday, and our journey into Lent, uh, talking about that today. Let's open up our phone lines if you'd like to join us on the program. Toll free phone number 888 914 9149. So, as we talk about uh, Mardi Gras, Fat Tuesday, Shrove Tuesday, what is your experience of this day before Ash Wednesday, and when and how? How is uh, this Tuesday before Ash Wednesday help you prepare for the leaner, sacrificial days of Lent? Again, toll free if you'd like to join us, 888 our email address, at So, Father Nathan, when we um, look at uh, Fat Tuesday today, Mardi Gras, Shrove Tuesday, can we put, the, the, put all of that under the word celebration? Is today a celebration in some way?
2: Sure it is. You know, it's not obviously a a Catholic feast day, right, in the way that, say, Christmas is, or Easter is, or All Saints Day is, or, or, you know, Saints Peter and Paul or or whatnot. I mean, all of our highest festivals, of course, are our liturgical high feasts. Um, So today is not one of those things. But the fact is, Catholicism has always been ingrained in the culture, right, in our daily lives and routines and patterns, and it is totally human nature before one enters into an extended penitential season to to have a little party. <laughs> it just it just sort of, <laughs> it goes, you know. So no one's going to say it's a bad thing to do. Uh, I, I, I've been eating more chocolate myself today. I I, I get it. Uh, so okay, but like always, right? Uh, we 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 do those kinds of things um, no matter what time of the year and no matter what the occasion, high feast days, liturgically or not we do these things without wanting to be excessive also, because that really kind of ruins the whole point, right? So a little healthy feasting is a good thing, a little healthy celebration, nice thing, you know, uh, whatever we can gather in whatever format these days with COVID, who knows, but for those who can do any kind of social kind of things, it's just a nice thing to do. But with some sense of moderation and respect and the idea that, you know, this is not a, a end in itself to go and have all these things, it's in recognition of the fact that as, a, as as Christians and as a cultural reality, we um, we're going to get ready for hard things tomorrow. So it's what humans mm-hmm. do, and it's fine; it has its place in good old Catholic piety and cultural lore, right? So that's fine, as long as it's not too crazy. I think that's as a thing, and so I think, unfortunately, over the years we've had you know images around the world in our own country of things leading up to the day that were just. They were done for excess sake, you know, and the parting just for parties' sake and the feasting just for feasting's sake. And that's never been a Christian understanding, you know. It's done instead in the context of the whole picture of salvation. There's times to celebrate and then times to get ready to fast. And this is just Hmm. better viewed in that whole context, I think. Yeah.
0: We are talking today about Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras, Shrove Tuesday, whatever you want to call it. But what is your experience of this day before Ash Wednesday? And when... And how has uh, this Tuesday uh, before our Lenten journey helped uh, you prepare for the leaner sacrificial days of Lent? We'd love to hear about your experience. Father Nathan Reisman is our spiritual director. If you'd like to join us, toll free phone number 888-914-9149. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.
3: This is today's Gospel reading from the New American Bible. Mark, chapter 8, verses 14 through 21. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread, and they had only one loaf with them in the boat. Jesus enjoined them, Watch out, guard against the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. They concluded among themselves that it was because they had no bread. When he became aware of this, he said to them, Why do you conclude that it is because you have no bread? Do you not yet understand or comprehend? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes and not see, ears and not hear? And do you not remember, when I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many wicker baskets full of fragments you picked up? They answered him, Twelve. When I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many full baskets of fragments did you pick up? They answered him, Seven. He said to them, Do you still not understand? You can find all the daily readings at relevantradio.com gospel
0: or tap the prayer tab on the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio studio line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at RelevantRadio.com Forester.
1: If you're looking for a little help on your journey of faith, our priests are here for you. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. Or email us, relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio.
0: Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining us on The Inner Life. Chuck Neff along with our producer, Nick Schmitz. Jim Schaefer answering your phone calls. Father Nathan Reisman, our spiritual director on the program today. Father Nathan, one of our regular contributors, a priest in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, pastor of two parishes in West Bend, Wisconsin. St. Francis Cabrini and Immaculate Conception uh, talking about Fat Tuesday. Mardi Gras on this uh, Tuesday before we begin our Lenten journey and, um, and Ash Wednesday tomorrow. And uh, phone lines are open if you'd like to join us as uh, you think about uh, your Lenten journey and uh, certainly the celebration, as we've been talking about, of Fat Tuesday. What's your experience of this day before Ash Wednesday? And when and how has uh, this Tuesday before Ash Wednesday helped you prepare for the leaner, sacrificial days? of Lent toll-free if you'd like to join us 888-914-9149 our email address inner life at relevantradio.com. So Father Nathan, um, before we get to a couple of phone calls, hang in there with us everybody. can you just talk a little bit if you would? I mean, looking ahead to Lent. We might ask the question, haven't we suffered enough already with the pandemic and COVID and social distancing and not being with family and everything that's going on as a result of what's going on in the world? And um, haven't we done enough suffering and maybe with that mindset, maybe not embrace uh, the season of Lent coming, coming on us tomorrow?
2: This is a great question, and it has crossed my mind as well a little bit, too, and some others in my parishes. You know, but um, I have to say, from my own personal perspective, I'm looking forward to Lent, even with as challenging as the last year has been. And I know a lot of other people around my communities are, too, and they've told me, so they're quite actually excited about it Um, for different reasons. I think, for one, and what you raised is an important point, You know, uh, the season exists to help us become acquainted with God's mercy and grace, no matter what's going on in the world. So there's never a time period, never a year, where we don't have to—we're exempt from focusing on mercy, conversion, transformation, and change. Uh, That never stops, you know? And the gospel message to repent and believe in the good news, to turn away from sin and be faithful to the gospel—that— That's there no matter what's happening in the world. Happy times, bad times, pandemics, no pandemics, uh, election crises. You you name the the, the issue out there, the gospel stands firm. And when you think of all the years or the centuries we celebrated Lent without fail, without fail, without fail, a lot of history is passed in front of us while Lent has always been. Lent has always been because we need it, and we know that we need it. So what you say has some air in the sense that people get kind of worn down by life, but it wouldn't excuse us from heaven to be reacquainted in a real way with mercy, conversion, uh, transformation, God's compassion. And also, uh, underlying all that, uh, there's very, very strong themes in the season of Lent, if one teases the knot of the readings of covenant. God says oftentimes throughout our season, this bond is unbreakable. This bond is unbreakable. So what but a time to get reminded of the fact that God's not walking out on us than right now, when we sometimes can feel so lonely or strapped or or questioning. Uh, But Lent is full of themes about God's steadfastness and constancy and our need to keep up with Him in the faith and, and to walk and not walk away. Also, I, I think that um, there's a part of us that I think understands that, how do I put this? This is not, if you will, the primary reason of Lent, but it certainly is a theme of it, and it would be this. It is how to handle suffering appropriately. Uh, we make sacrifices, and we give things up, and we do fasting and whatnot because we want to learn the, the spiritual discipline that goes along with bodily discipline. So it's kind of a free embrace of suffering. And I think in that way, passing through the season in the right spirit uh, prepares us or tunes us or gets us acclimated to how to handle suffering that comes at us from outside. You know, so I can I can fully suffer by giving up, you know, chocolate or meat and that's some sacrifice. Or suffering comes to me because I get uh, cancer, or at least my job was uh, the pandemic. And the two are supposed to kind of build on the other. So what I'm trying to say, if throughout the entire last year I've been struggling with all the suffering, Lent ought to be a time to help me put that in its right perspective. And then rather than complaining about it and grumbling about it, like we've all been doing a lot of lately, I ought to come to the season realizing it all has its place. And it's to help me see it in a better perspective, um, that the cross always brings life. And COVID and all its complexities is no exception to that. And I need the season to tell me that. Um, especially this year, this is, uh, if you're not doing the RCIA cycle, it's cycle B, and B is intentionally focused on the middle Sundays of Lent that are always rotating on um, dying and rising. It's the Paschal Mystery Cycle this year, and it's very appropriate for all the dying and rising of our time period. So God's going to frame this whole thing for us beautifully in the weeks ahead, and I, I'm i ready for that. And the people on here, I think they want to see. you know, I'm, I want to get into something that we know. I want something normal. I'm used to Lent. I have Lent forever. I do these things and put all the challenges of life in the right context of the cross and bring them to Jesus and um, be washed clean of all my complaining and all my grumbling and mercy and be reminded of God's covenant that he loves me. And that's never going to change no matter what's going on in the world.
0: Yeah, and then I wonder, Father Nathan, is uh, we look ahead to, uh, to to today, certainly, but as we begin our Lenten journey, do we have the opportunity? And I've really been using that word a lot with everything going on in the world. Do we have the opportunity to make this Lent the best one ever for all of us?
2: Absolutely, that's true every Lenten season, you know. Because let's be honest, um, if there wasn't something going on out in the world that was hard there's probably going to be something else that we're going to find challenging. We're all great at humans at landing on the problem rather than something that's positive. So I think every Lent, the question becomes, as you say, well, the opportunity becomes the same. How can I make this a really, really good Lent? And um, this year is no different. So maybe it's the case in my parish community that I can't attend Mass in the way that I'm used to, Maybe I can't gather yet like I want to. Maybe the ashes are going to be given on my head in some other manner. Sure. All those things are different and they're yet another inconvenience. Um, However, God's always inviting us to see those things as fodder for growth, for humility, for um, gratitude for what is good. So none of it's wasted. None of it's wasted. And so this ought to be a really good Lent, because we've got all this stuff to bring to the cross. <laughs> and um, you could almost say God is giving us something of an assist this year, and all these things that are acting upon us that are so challenging, because we know that He, the Master Teacher, always forms us through challenges, and there's no exceptions to that, no exceptions. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, anybody ought to be able to looking at tomorrow and saying, I'm going to make this a good Lent, you know. Um, and my caveat, though, is, is always this. I say it every Lent to myself and everybody else, usually a couple weeks into it when it starts to go south, <laughs> when whatever I've given up isn't working. I say, you know, people, God's in control of your Lent. You're not. You know, we, we can think that we are. We, we make our intentions, and we bring an open heart. But, I mean, God's going to make our Lent like he wanted to because he's the master teacher and the master of conversion. And so all along the way, we just have to keep handing it over to him no matter what it looks like, trusting that he's working Even the ways that it ain't going well, he's going to work on that too.
0: Yeah, Father Nathan Reisman, our spiritual director, if you're just joining us uh, on The Inner Life, talking about uh, Tuesday, this Tuesday, Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras, Shrove Tuesday. And if you'd like to join us, uh, what's been your experience of this day? And uh, has it helped in some way to prepare you for uh, your Lenten journey? Toll free if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. So, Father Nathan, let's uh, take some phone calls in Maryland, listening in Naples, Florida. I presume, Maryland, it's a little balmy down there. (laughs) and Probably a lot of us wish we were in Florida rather than in the frigid Midwest. But welcome to the program today.
4: Oh, thank you. Um, I used
0: to. We just lost the call. Let's see if Marilyn will call back. Can we try Susan in Delray Beach, Florida? Susan, are you with us?
5: Hi. Um, Thank you so much. Uh, Yeah. What I was speaking with uh, with James. Is uh, It's a big day on the 16th. It would be my parents' uh, 69th wedding anniversary. It's my sister's 54th birthday, my uncle's death anniversary, and my grandmother's 48th death anniversary. And my aunt, my mother's only sister, she was a Carmelite uh, mother superior in Erie, Pennsylvania, for 65 years. And always talked to We don't Give know. Up yourself. <laughs> Give up yourself. Give yourself up.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Give yourself up, huh?
5: Ponder that. That's really, like, got you in the heart.
2: Yeah, so what does that look like for you specifically? I think it's a great answer, but specifically, how do you understand that?
5: It it looks like a lot because my husband has Alzheimer's and a lot of illnesses. I'm really uh, pondering uh, it's a lot of stuff on my shoulders. It's like, um, I'm like, what? Um, just be in that mode of self-forgetfulness and serve, no matter what it looks like.
2: Hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, so what I hear you saying is that uh, every day, but especially Lent, is an opportunity to be um, generous, self-sacrificial, and to put other people's needs ahead of our own, which is a great theme of the season. It's a season about charity, right? So we speak about almsgiving, but a lot of almsgiving begins in our own kitchen and bedroom and living room, you know, with just having to give ourselves over to the people around us who we sometimes find hard to be with. So uh, there's lots of ways to be Generous to the impoverished, right? Uh, maybe even just to the inspired. So, yeah. no, I like you. I like the answer. Yeah, give yourself up. That—that's the season, in a nutshell. I, I think that's dead on accurate. Can't can't argue yeah. with that.
0: Yeah, Susan. Uh, thanks for joining us. God bless you. Uh, we appreciate you uh, being part of the inner life today. Let's uh, head back to Naples, and we think we have Marilyn back. Uh, Marilyn, let's try again. <laughs> Sorry, we lost you, but welcome to the program.
4: Okay. Thank you. Um, I used to live in Lake Charles, Louisiana, and I met an elderly woman there, and she told me how Mardi Gras used to be. And it was like she said there were a bunch of people on horseback would go from house to house, and they would perform a little play, you know, a little short um, play, and the person um, from the house would go in and get either a chicken or some vegetables or whatever they had, and gave it to the performers. And they'd go off on their horses to the next house. And in the evening, they would make a communal stew, like a big soup and whatever. You know, they put it all together and they ate uh, together. The whole community. And I thought that was so lovely because uh, living in Louisiana, nobody goes to New Orleans. No family-type people w- would go to the Mardi Gras in New Orleans. It has a very bad uh, reputation, for, you know, for the average person wouldn't go there, the average, you know, person who tries to to please God. and But in the little communities, they still have— um, and nice celebrations, but nothing like the horseback thing that she told me about. And it always lingered with me. I just thought I'd share it.
2: Well, thank you for that. Isn't it something over the years our customs have changed, you know, uh, before all the excesses and whatnot kind of took over and a rather hedonistic culture that we are passing our way through these days? But what you talk about sounds so much more, you know, kind of, community-oriented and subtle and, you know, truly generous and uh, of another kind of time when, when we had a better sense of what it meant to celebrate appropriately. Um, but anyway, you know, it's good you know those things and good to honor the traditions and to tell us about them so that we understand where we came from and, and not forget, you know, how things probably could and should be. So, um, yeah, thank you for the tradition. It, it's great how those things grow up around all the Catholic pieces, right? I mean, it, it's all Catholic culture. And it, it, it seeps into our routines, our patterns, our piety, our, our, you know, our signs on restaurants, our, our fish fries in Wisconsin on Fridays. It's all from Catholic culture, and it impacts us in great ways, tells us the God's alive in our midst. So I appreciate the yeah. stories. Thank you for that.
0: Yeah, thank you, Marilyn. Thanks for calling back. We appreciate that. Let's uh, head to Birmingham, Alabama. Joyce is uh, listening there. Hello, Joyce. Welcome to The Inner Life
4: thank you hello i just need some suggestions for what i can do for lent i've given up social media in the past i gave up meat one year which was very difficult um and you know i've done some spiritual reading the the rosary but i was just trying to think of something different this year any suggestions
2: well gosh that's a great question you know um well, I'll say this at the outset. We, we shouldn't always assume that we need to do things that are different. Uh, the, the, the church is very much a routine-oriented institution. We do the same things every year for a reason because they they work. So uh, it might be the case that God does want you to give up particular foods or whatnot again. Um, and I do tell people that, you know, Lent is deliberately designed to be a season where, where food really is kind of in the midst of the sacrifice or something— Sensory, you know, because it's sin is mastered because it's so linked up with our sensory appetites. So, so don't be afraid to give up the same food again if you want to and whatnot. Because um, sometimes we just have to do that over and over again. So, there is that piece of advice I guess I can offer you. Um, otherwise, you know. I don't know. I mean, today's to do do the obvious thing, I guess pray about it and say to God, well, what do you think needs to happen in my life? I want you to be the master of my Lent and the author of the season. What do you think I should give up or do? Um, Maybe he'll put on your heart a particular person who has been challenging in some ways, that he wants you to be extra kind to and go out of your way to that person. Um, Maybe it is um, taking some time with with an extra book of the Scriptures that would be new to you, that he wanted to spend time with. So um, I guess you got to pray about it. We always forget that, right? But I mean, the fact is we should ask God what he wants us to do and uh, see what he does. Yeah. Um, but again, I wouldn't be afraid of what's been done before. We, we do things, repeat things for a reason, and it's good to, to, to remember that.
0: Well, and then, Joyce, thanks uh, for the call. Hope that uh, proved helpful to you. But in the end, Father Nathan, this is all about uh, our journey to Easter and through Lent, but it's all really to be focused on God and to make him uh, more important than the things in our life.
2: Yes, exactly. So we all have attachments. There's lots of things that kind of, you know, hold us down or bound. And Lent ought to be the time to look at all of it. And make sure we understand where they come from, what they're for. Um, to Ask the question: Has these things become more important than God? And if so, how do they begin to land in their proper perspective once again? Um, and we also don't want to make—I sometimes say this each Lent, I guess—a um, we don't want to make a, a God out of our Lenten practices, as though the practice mm-hmm. doesn't end in itself. Um, best to, to kind of in all humility enter into what the church asks us to. Period, without a lot of fanfare, without a lot of you know hype, and without also taking ourselves too seriously. Uh, I mean, to be honest, God knows that we're probably going to muck it up during Lent somehow, and it becomes almost a source of pride for us to go, look what I did, you know, and, and it, it which defeats the whole purpose of giving things up. You know, as though I'm something amazing because I'm not, you know. So um, so even the Lenten observances, observances themselves have a way to become the, their own little God if we are not, I think, humble about how they are supposed to be done and, and, you know, perform and whatnot. So yeah. So God is smart, clever. You know, he moves us to himself through all sorts of ways, even through the Lenten uh, twists and turns that are inevitably ahead.
0: Hmm. Father Nathan Reisman is our spiritual director, talking today about today, Fat Tuesday, Shrove Tuesday, Mardi Gras. What's been your experience of this day before Ash Wednesday? How has it made a difference in your faith journey through Lent? We'd love to hear the story. If you'd like to join us, it's a toll-free phone number, 888-914-9149. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.
1: Part of the program, you can listen to this show and any of your favorites on the Relevant Radio app or online at relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio.
0: Thanks for joining us, everyone. Father Nathan Reisman, our spiritual director on The Inner Life today. Father Nathan, one of our regular contributors, a priest in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, pastor of two parishes, uh, St. Francis Cabrini and Immaculate Conception, both of those in uh, West Bend, Wisconsin, talking on this uh, Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras, Shrove Tuesday. We're talking about uh, this day and our Lenten journey, which uh, begins tomorrow, Ash Wednesday. Phone lines are open if you uh, would like to join us toll-free phone number in the time we have left, uh, 888-914-9149. Don't forget, you can email us, life at relevantradio.com But as uh, you uh, walk through uh, this day, uh, what's been your experience uh, in the past of Mardi Gras, Fat Tuesday, Shrove Tuesday? And how has it made a difference in uh, your Lenten journey, um, that uh, season where we prepare for those uh, leaner, sacrificial days of Lent? Again, toll-free number if you'd like to join us, 888 914 Four nine one four nine. By the way, not too late to sign up for Father Rocky's Lenten Masses on uh, Lenten Lessons. On the Mass, um, when you sign up, you'll receive uh, these Lenten Lessons. You'll receive a daily email where Father Rocky will walk you through the different parts of the Mass. And uh, you can read or listen to what Father has to say as he gives a detailed explanation of a certain aspect of our beautiful liturgy, the Mass. And uh, you'll also receive a, a daily bonus video to go along. Along with each Lenten Mass, um, Father Rocky giving you a behind-the-scenes, more detailed look at the different parts of the Mass. Again, not too late. Uh, This will all start tomorrow, Ash Wednesday. But you can sign up today and uh, certainly tomorrow as well. But sign up uh, now by clicking on the banner on the Relevant Radio app or at relevantradio.com. So, Father Nathan Reisman, who was it? It was, uh, excuse me, Joyce in Birmingham who brought up the fact that she had given up social media during a Lent and uh, previous Lents. And I think that's, uh, can you talk about that a little bit? I mean, social media is just so much a part of, I think, most of our lives. I'm, uh, I know for me, I'm trying to do less, but uh, a social media, I mean, is this a time for us, an opportunity to use that word again, to really look at at uh, where God is uh, maybe not as important as he, he should be? And I just wonder sometimes if we're more interested in what somebody is saying on Facebook or Twitter than we are reading a, a scripture from the Gospel of John or whatever it might be.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, over the years I've had different thoughts about it because um, – you know, social media is not censoring the same way that food is, although it's still very sensory. So, I mean, it's not like it's um, out of the realm of things to give up. Um, and it's not the same thing as, say, like video games. I'll hear our school kids often say I'm going to give that up because that really is just purely recreational and leisure. So, I mean, it's, it's not like one must have a video game going on to live one's life. But I think the catch with social media might be something like this – like it or not, more and more these days, it is our source of information about all that's going on around us. And in my case, including if it's going to snow tomorrow. So if, I, if I'm not on it, yeah, well, you know, at a certain point, one becomes an island. And I, and I think that one has to ask the question, you know, is, is the social media that I consume, what's it doing to me? You know, is it something that is making me jittery and frustrated about what I'm reading? Is it becoming an occasion of uh, anger or gossip or things that are uncharitable or disrespectful? Um, So if that's the case, then maybe one must part from it, not just for Lent, but forever. I I don't know. Um, You know, maybe one has to ask, uh, what is it doing to my time with other people in person? Am I... If I'm around a table or sitting in the living room or something, and I'm on my phone and instead of like having it giving the person near me my actual full attention, um, then maybe social media has to go for that reason. Uh, but then, it, but again, like I said, so does that mean that on Easter Sunday you bring it all back and you go back to ignoring the person sitting next to you because your Lent is over with? So I, I wouldn't want that, you know. So I, so I think when it comes to giving up social media, one has to think through exactly what that means and why. And if there's something else going on that has to be dealt with on just a more basic, you know, kind of level of, you know, sin, grace, commandments, ethics, virtue. Um, but more, of the, more and more these days, the social media has become, like it or not, like electricity. It's just there. And it's what the culture, it's what our world sort of runs on. And um, one has to think careful about how one's going to navigate that responsibly. So that's true, I think, no matter what. Uh, maybe Lent is a nice time for that because it's a time for prayer for reflection. So I'm certainly on favor of that, but I think it's it's, it's not um, it's not like giving up chocolate. I just I think it's a different kind of a thing, in my opinion. You know. But, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then Father Nathan, I wonder if maybe you could address, I'm sitting here thinking about uh, the virtue of prudence. And I wonder sometimes uh, during our Lenten journey, we're talking about uh, what we're giving up or what I'm giving up. And, uh, and sometimes that can be difficult and uh, maybe it should be. That's all part of the journey, I think. But I wonder if there's some value in rather than, than thinking about what I'm giving up rather than what I'm learning. In other words, I'm, I want to practice the virtue of Temperance, or prudence or whatever that may be, and make that my focus rather than what I might be giving up.
2: Yeah, I would say that's a really good point. And, and others over the years have talked to me about doing something positive for them rather than giving something up. And I've always said uh, in response, it's really about both one should never just think that we shouldn't give things up for months anymore because, again, it's so ingrained in the ancient Christian tradition to do something bodily sensory as a sacrifice for penitential seasons and penitential days. So I would never want anybody to just not give something up because it's just we've always done because of what it means for us. That being said, um, the very act of giving things up ought to lead us to become better at what you're talking about, Um, focusing on the virtues, focusing on positive sensitive behaviors, on better ethical decisions, uh, on things like charity, temperance, prudence, as you say. So, I mean, doing things positive for Lent ought to be uh, another building block of the entire season. And you don't do it in isolation. You do it connected to any of the other practices of the season that are potential for reforming in character. It's all of a unified piece, Maybe what you are trying to say is we get into trouble if we fragment them and isolate them. Um, mm. Put another way, you know, in the Eastern Orthodox tradition, they are, I think, a little better than we are sometimes about holding things all integrated together. Uh, the West gets kind of fragmented perhaps a little bit, and they focus a lot on the idea that Lent is all about the, they call it the healing of the passions, that our appetites and our bodies are always kind of going berserk. and Jesus, the divine physician, wants to bring healing to them by bringing them all into order and the harmony and the balance and grace and then the Trinity and in the divine liturgy and in all the aspects of the Church's tradition. And so um, for them, it's not so much giving things up, for giving things up sake, Sacrifice, just for sacrifice, they see it as a pathway to the healing of the body, the soul, the passions, and the appetites, so that one is freer to be virtuous and kind and hopeful and temperate and everything else. So they see it all as one unified thing, if that makes any sense. It's mm-hmm. a good way to think about it.
0: Yeah. And then I wonder, um, you know, talk about celebrations. I guess is what I want to ask you. Are we allowed to celebrate during Lent? I mean, uh, there's going to be that great feast day, St. Patrick's Day on March 17th. And looking ahead, I must confess that looking to, um, the solemnity of St. Joseph on March 19th falls on a Friday this year. And it's a solemnity. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm sitting here thinking, whoa, you know, maybe it's a solemnity. So let's go celebrate. Hey, day off. But talk about that a little bit in terms of celebrating during Lent.
2: Yeah, and this is funny because you get all these different answers, right? So I'm a private person who's often been more on the side of you honor the feast day. So, um, well, first of all, you know, in, in the long Lenten tradition, Sundays had never been fast days. And, um, people debate this, but in, in my reading of all, and I've done like a lot of reading on it, Sundays are not really fast days. So, um, because there are always many resurrection days, and it's really true for the Orthodox, too. So if I was getting things up for Lent, i find Sunday to be a day to be a little bit less strict about it just because Sunday is Sunday. Um, but I also always tell people that doesn't mean you go crazy. That's not the point, you know? I mean, it's not like I had nothing on week in the way of chocolate, and on Sunday I have eight pounds of it. That is completely false, okay? You know, so I would say um, that's to be thought of. I think that um, St. Joseph's Day is a solemnity, and every year I observe it with, you know, custard. So I, I plan to do so again <laughs> this year, even though it's on Friday, in honor of my friend St. Joseph, who's been so kind to me. So I, I, you know, I, I think that the Catholicism, in a true liturgical sense, one lives the calendar. And, and if this few Josephs on a Friday, well, and it is, you know. So if a person's feeling especially guilty about having a Friday missing from having only Cheese and fish, then uh, it making me feel better. The next day, have, have you know, had the meat that day instead. Whatever, you know. So, but I think though, um, found peace, are found peace, and they land where they land. So, I, that's where I land. Other people think that I'm a total um, lightweight on this. They think that once you start Ash Wednesday, you are to be completely rigorous about this until you know, uh, only Saturday night at midnight. And I just, I never agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my take on it,
0: I guess. Well, and then talk a little bit, too, if you would, Father Nathan. We talk about uh, the Lenten season, the desert experience, journeying with Jesus in the desert. Uh, there's some, obviously some suffering in all of that. But uh, you alluded to it earlier. Can you make the point for us again that in our suffering, in our Lenten journey, nothing is wasted?
2: Yeah, because the Lenten journey is meant to be, among other things, uh, a microcosm or a mini version of the whole journey of life. And in our life, nothing is wasted. So in the Christian tradition, God becomes man, Jesus becomes one of us. That means he enters into our joys and sorrows, our dreams and our fears and our frustrations. God wraps himself on the entire fabric of the human condition. So if I know that to be true, then it's going to give me a perspective on whatever happens in life so that I see it in the context of a broader plan that's for my benefit and the good of my salvation. And I have to spend my life practicing that viewpoint so that I can have a joyful heart that accepts things with surrender and openness and patience and humility. So that's true of life in general. It's sure going to be true of Lent, which is a concentrated version of life's journey, where we raise up um, liturgically and by custom, dying and rising as an intentional act. So if my Lent is full of its own twists and turns, just like my life is, God's going to use them. Uh, Maybe I start off in the season really gung-ho about giving up a certain thing, or I'm really going to practice this good behavior, and I get a little ways in, and it's just not going well. Um, maybe what was supposed to happen to me, and God allows all these things in His own mysterious plan, is that I was to kind of come to my knees and say, God, I've just realized I just can't do this without You, or uh, I've I've been brought face-to-face with my frailties and my limitations. And rather than looking at ourselves as some colossal failure, we could see there's a chance to realize that God just wants to help us and that we rely on His goodness and that as a Father, He's eager to come to our assistance. Um... So in all those ways, we're going to be more open to grace than we would have been if we had, like, a pitch-perfect straight-A Lenten record. Um, or maybe you do have a pitch-perfect straight-A Lenten record, which is wonderful. I myself have really pulled that off. And, uh, but let's say you do, you know, then your body and your soul and appetites are going to be in really good shape. You know, so in all of it, he is going to move us where he, where he wants to move us and he will adjust to us. That's what God does all the time. He's the master teacher. Uh, so that gives me great confidence going into the season that, um, in many respects, it, you can't fail. You know, I mean, cause, uh, what does one person say to me? You know, the, the, the it's equipped quip the a play on words. The worst thing that can happen to you is your salvation. You know, the worst thing that can happen to you, pause, is your salvation. No matter what it is, God's going to use it to help us.
0: Yeah, and I'm always so taken, certainly with the Sacrament of Reconciliation, it's it's just a reminder to me, and I think even with our Lenten practices, we can begin again, can't we?
2: Yes, exactly, and thanks, that's an excellent point. So not only um, do we learn from our failures, but what better time in the Lenten season to realize that um, God's mercy is a gift, and I must approach the sacrament in need of it, and... um, the posture of humility about what it is that's been wrong, and what a great thing it is for me to go into the confessional at some point in lunch and say to the priest, you know, this just didn't go well. And when we do all that with openness and humility, then we learn anew that God loves us, and He forgives us, and He holds us up in His outstretched hand anyway. And that's just balm on a broken soul, you know, to hear somebody say, I love you, I love you, uh, and then to hear them say, try again. And just because you messed up once doesn't mean life's over. I mean, we can start over all the time, and the confessional is the um, primary place or the pathway through which we may do so. Um, so, if that ends up becoming a fruit of the luncheon season, that someone had to go to confession for whatever just didn't go well, period, then that too is a source of great grace. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, and I want to we only have a couple of minutes before we have to say goodbye, but I'm going to take you back to something you said earlier in the program when we were talking about the uh, your parishioners in particular, some of them saying that they are eager for uh, this Lenten season. Are they saying much more than that in terms of why they're looking forward to Lent, why they're eager to to walk through these uh, 40 days?
2: I, well, well. first of all, we're doing a lot of things here for Lent at our parishes, and I think they're excited for the opportunity, so that's probably part of it. But um, I think it's like I said before. Everybody knows in their bones that we have to confront the parts of us that are unpleasant, and that's true no matter what's going on in the world, right? And every year, it's like we just all know we did a cleaning, and they just kind of understand, this is good for me to do this. It's good for me and God to do this. And um, they realize the season is formative to help them and all of us deal with what's hard around us right now. So we're going to get a better perspective than we probably have. And I think also, like I said before, too, I just think they want the routine. When so much has been so messed up in the last year, it's great to know that Lent is coming again. It's just Lent is here. So there's something kind of rock solid at the back of the church experiences Lent no matter what. And you can rest on that. You can, as they say, bet your bottom dollar on that. month's going to come. And Easter's going to come, and that's consoling and it's comforting. And I think people just want to do what we've always done. Praise God.
0: One more time. Do it again. Start over. And again, just to the point we've been trying to make as we uh, head into uh, Ash Wednesday tomorrow. Make this, and I'm going to do it. I hope you will, too. But make this your best Lent ever best one ever father nathan reisman we have to wrap things up and as you know we'd like to close with a final blessing for all of our listeners
2: Almighty god bless all of you father son and holy spirit amen
0: Amen. Father Nathan, a pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks for joining us on The Inner Life today. Always a gift to have you on the program. Don't forget, you can still sign up for Father Rocky's Lenten Lessons on the Mass. Just go to the website and click on the banner, RelevantRadio.com, and also on the Relevant Radio app. Thanks again to Father Nathan. Thanks to all of you for taking time in your day to join us here on The Inner Life. Stay tuned. We're celebrating Mass in about seven, uh, 60 seconds and um, 1230 Central, the Faith Ex- with Cale Clark. Stay tuned for all of that. We're back again tomorrow. Hope to see you then.